I had always been drawn to the mysteries of the unknown, the whispers that lingered in the shadows, murmuring secrets of the unseen. It was a fascination, a morbid curiosity, that led me to the forsaken village of Sable Creek, a place shrouded in tales of ghostly apparitions and unspoken horrors. The village, abandoned and forgotten, lay hidden amidst the dense foliage, its structures crumbling under the weight of time. The air was dense with a silence so profound, it seemed to echo the whispers of the shadows. My heart raced as I stepped into the village, the shadows dancing around me, whispering secrets of long-lost souls. The first whisper came from the shadows of the ancient chapel, its spire piercing the sky like a forgotten sentinel. Beware the shadows, it murmured, its voice a symphony of sorrow and regret. I felt a chill run down my spine, but my curiosity propelled me forward, deeper into the labyrinth of shadows. The whispers grew louder, more insistent, as I wandered through the decaying remnants of the village. Each shadow held a story, a secret untold, a sorrow unshared. The whispers spoke of love lost, of betrayal, of unspeakable horrors that lurked in the darkness. I found myself drawn to the ruins of a once grand mansion, its walls crumbling, its windows shattered. The shadows here were thicker, the whispers more intense. Enter, they beckoned, their voices a cacophony of anguish and despair. My hand trembled as I pushed open the creaking door, stepping into the realm of shadows. The air inside was stifling, the silence oppressive. The shadows clung to the walls, whispering tales of a family torn apart by greed and envy. I could feel their pain, their anger, their longing for redemption. The whispers guided me through the decaying halls, showing me visions of a time long past, of a family consumed by darkness. I saw a man, his face twisted by greed, his hands stained with blood. He was the master of the house, the architect of its downfall. The shadows whispered his name, Lord Ravenscroft, their voices dripping with venom. He had betrayed his family, sacrificed them to the shadows in his quest for power and immortality. The whispers led me to the heart of the mansion, to the Chamber of Shadows, where Lord Ravenscroft had performed his forbidden rituals. The air was thick with the scent of decay, the shadows pulsating with malevolent energy. Release us, they pleaded, their voices a symphony of torment. I could see the souls of the damned, trapped in the shadows, their faces etched with eternal suffering. My heart ached for them, for their unending pain. I knew I had to free them, to release them from their shadowy prison. The whispers guided me, showing me the ancient runes, the forbidden incantations that would banish the shadows and release the souls trapped within. I could feel the shadows resisting, their whispers turning into screams of rage and despair. The air around me crackled with dark energy, the shadows writhing in agony. I pressed on, my voice rising above the cacophony, reciting the incantations, banishing the shadows. The shadows screamed, their voices a symphony of defeat and liberation. The air cleared, the shadows dissipating into the ether, releasing the souls trapped within. I could see them, their faces radiant with gratitude and relief. They whispered their thanks, their voices a melody of redemption and hope, before fading into the light. I emerged from the mansion, the shadows silent, the whispers gone. The village of Sable Creek lay bathed in sunlight, 
its shadows banished, its souls freed. I felt a sense of peace, a sense of closure, as I left the village, the whispers from the shadows, a distant memory. But the shadows are never truly gone, their whispers never truly silenced. They linger in the corners of our minds, murmuring secrets of the unseen, waiting for the moment to envelop us in their darkness. And I, the seeker of shadows, continue my journey, drawn to the whispers from the shadows, to the mysteries of the unknown. It was a cold, windy night when I was startled awake by a loud, persistent knocking at my front door. I glanced over at my alarm clock. It was a few minutes past midnight. Who could possibly be knocking at this hour? I waited a moment, thinking maybe I was just hearing things, but there it was again. Three loud knocks that seemed to rattle the whole door on its hinges. My heart began to race. I lived alone in this small house nestled deep in the woods the closest neighbor being over a mile away. I never had unexpected visitors, especially not at midnight. I slowly crept out of bed, threw on my robe, and peeked out the window next to the front door. The porch light cast a dim glow on the surrounding area, but I couldn't see anyone. However, the bright moonlight illuminated the woods off in the distance. As I peered out into the dark woods, I saw the trees swaying violently, the wind was howling loudly, yet right near my house, the wind was still. Something didn't feel right about this. Three more loud knocks rang out and I jumped back from the window in fright. Someone, or something, was outside my front door. But who or what could it be? I hesitated to open the door, but the knocking became more persistent. Thump! 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 I took a few steps back. Every ounce of my being wanted to run and hide, but instead, I built up the courage to slowly unlock the front door. Taking a deep breath, I opened it just a crack to peer outside. No one was there. I opened the door wider and stuck just my head out. Haha, <laughs> hello? I called out timidly. No answer. There was nothing but the wind whipping through the trees in the distance. Relieved, I chuckled to myself. It must have just been a tree branch blowing in the wind. As I began to close the door, a large, dark figure appeared suddenly before me. I screamed in terror as the dark mass forced its way through the doorway, knocking me backwards. It all happened so fast. In just mere seconds, this unknown entity had entered my home, uninvited. I was sprawled on the living room floor, shaking in horror. The dark figure towered in my foyer, a black shadow in the already dark house. Fear gripped every fiber of my being. What do you want from me? I screamed. The only response was what sounded like a low growl as the figure moved towards me. I jumped up and ran to the kitchen in panic, frantically looking for anything I could use to defend myself. My hands landed on a large knife. Without thinking, I spun around and thrust the blade towards the intruder who had followed me into the kitchen. But to my shock, the knife went right through the figure, as if it were made of nothing but black smoke. 
Terrified, confused, and desperate, I swung at it again and again with no effect. The menacing shadow cornered me, trapping me against the kitchen counter. I closed my eyes and braced for the worst. But after a few moments, nothing happened. The attacking presence seemed to have vanished. Hesitantly, I opened my eyes and looked around. I was alone in my dimly lit kitchen. Had I imagined the whole thing? My hands were still trembling from sheer terror. I turned on every light in the house and searched it from top to bottom. Nothing was amiss. All the doors and windows were still securely closed and locked. I tried to calm my rattled nerves. It must have been a vivid nightmare, but it had felt so horrifyingly real. Exhausted, I retreated back to bed and somehow managed to fall into a fitful sleep. The next evening after work, I arrived home and walked up to my porch. Scratched across my front door in jagged letters were the words, let me in. My blood turned to ice in my veins. It hadn't been a dream after all. Something sinister had come knocking at my door last night, and it wanted inside. I never felt safe in that house again. The midnight knocker continued to arrive every night in the darkest hours. My doors and windows stayed boarded up at all times, but each night it found a new way in. No matter what, I tried to keep it out. I couldn't withstand the horror of its relentless torments. Within a month, I had moved far away. Even now, years later, I occasionally still hear that dreaded knock in the deep of night. A reminder that no matter where I go, the midnight knocker is never too far away. It's only a matter of time before it finds me again and tries once more to let itself in. In the realm of the unseen and the unheard, I, a seeker of the obscure, found myself drawn to the enigma of Hollow Hill, a place shrouded in whispers of unspoken horrors and silent screams. It was said to be a dwelling of spirits, a sanctuary of the damned. The hill, bathed in the silver glow of the moon, loomed over the landscape, its silhouette whispering tales of sorrow and despair. The journey to Hollow Hill was one of trepidation and anticipation. The air was dense with the silence of the unspoken, the shadows whispering secrets of the unseen. My footsteps echoed through the stillness, the hill casting its shadow over my being, its silent screams resonating in my soul. The first whisper of the silent screams reached my ears as I ascended the hill. It was a symphony of sorrow, a melody of anguish. The air was thick with the presence of the unseen, the spirits of Hollow Hill murmuring their tales of woe. I could feel their pain, their despair, their longing for solace. The whispers grew louder, more insistent, as I delved deeper into the realm of shadows. The spirits of Hollow Hill revealed their stories, their silent screams painting pictures of betrayal, of loss, of eternal suffering. I saw visions of a village ravaged by war, its inhabitants slaughtered their souls trapped in the shadows of Hollow Hill. The silent screams led me to the heart of the hill, to the sanctuary of the damned. It was a place of darkness, of sorrow, 
its air pulsating with the silent screams of the spirits. Help us, they pleaded, their voices a cacophony of despair. I could see their faces, etched with the pain of eternity, their eyes begging for release. My heart ached for the spirits of Hollow Hill, for their unending torment. I knew I had to free them, to silence their screams, to bring them peace. The spirits guided me, showing me the ancient rituals, the sacred incantations that would release their souls from the shadows. The air crackled with energy as I recited the incantations, the shadows writhing in agony. The silent screams reached a crescendo, their voices a symphony of liberation and redemption. I could feel the spirits of Hollow Hill being released, their souls ascending to the heavens, their silent screams silenced. The hill was bathed in a golden light, its shadows banished, its spirits freed. I felt a sense of peace, a sense of closure, as I descended the hill, the silent screams of Hollow Hill, a distant memory. But the shadows are never truly banished, the silent screams never truly silenced. They linger in the corners of our minds, whispering secrets of the unseen, waiting for the moment to envelop us in their darkness. And I, the seeker of the obscure, continue my journey, drawn to the silent screams of the unseen, to the mysteries of the unknown. The silent screams of Hollow Hill will forever resonate in my soul, a reminder of the unseen, a testament to the unspoken. The spirits of Hollow Hill may have found their peace, but their silent screams will continue to echo through the ages, whispering tales of sorrow, of despair, of redemption. Ever since I was little, I've been afraid to look under the bed at night. My parents used to tell me that nothing was under there, that I was just imagining things in the dark corners of my room. But I knew better. I knew that there were monsters hiding under my bed, waiting for the moment I let my feet dangle off the edge of the mattress. As I grew up, I tried to convince myself that it was silly to still be afraid of the space under my bed. There couldn't really be anything there. It defied all logic but no matter how old I got, that lingering fear never fully went away. And so there I was, 23 years old, and still glancing anxiously at the underside of my bed every night before going to sleep. I made sure my legs and feet stayed curled up, not allowing even an inch to hang over the edge. But the worst part was that sometimes, late at night, I would hear noises emanating from under the bed, quiet rustling sounds or faint scraping against the hardwood floor. My imagination created visions of long claws or tentacles slithering out from the darkness, reaching for my dangling feet. I tried to ignore it, but the sounds grew louder and more frequent over the past few weeks. I attempted to rationalise what could be making those noises. Maybe it was just the house settling or pipes clanking in the walls. But deep down, I felt certain something sinister lurked under my bed at night. Exhausted and unnerved from lack of sleep, I decided I had to confront my fear. One night, I nervously knelt beside the bed and took a deep breath. Don't look under the bed, my inner voice warned. 
but I had to know if my childhood monsters were real or imagined. Hands shaking, I grasped the metal bed frame and slowly lowered my head, peering into the darkness underneath. Pitch black shadows stared back. I reached for my phone to turn on the flashlight. A faint scraping sound made me freeze. Something was under there, and now it knew I was looking. Heart pounding, I turned on the flashlight and shined it frantically under the bed. In the farthest corner, two glowing eyes stared back at me. I gasped in horror as a creature snarled, baring its jagged teeth. It was covered in dark matted fur, with long twisting limbs and claws that scratched the floor as it crept towards me. I wanted to run, to scream, but fear paralysed me. The creature's glowing eyes held me in a trance as it slunk from the shadows. I was knocked out of my terrified state when it lunged, snarling and snapping. I fell back with a shriek, dropping the phone. The thing retreated instantly from the light. Heart racing, I grabbed the phone and shined it around wildly. Now that I had seen it, I had to know what it was. But the creature was gone. My room was empty, with just the faint echo of scraping claws under the bed. I knew I wouldn't sleep that night, or ever again in this room. Frantically, I packed a bag and got in my car, driving away just as the sunrise peeked over the horizon. I never returned to that house. I tried to convince myself it was just a deranged animal that had gotten trapped under there. But I knew deep down that was no ordinary creature. It was the embodiment of the evil that I always feared lurked under my bed, finally exposed when I dared to look. Now, I face my bed with caution each night. I keep my feet tucked and try not to listen for noises below because I know that whatever malevolent being haunts the underneath of beds is patient, and some night, in some dark bedroom, it will find me again. Emerging from the shadows when my feet or nerves dangle vulnerably over the edge, The Forbidden Rituals of the Forgotten When I first learned about the strange disappearances in the woods near my hometown, I didn't think much of them. Just another cautionary tale meant to scare prying eyes away. But I've always been drawn to mysteries, especially the chilling, unexplained ones. And the more I read about the odd vanishings, the more my curiosity was piqued. Against my better judgment, I decided to venture into those dark, remote woods to investigate for myself. I waited until late at night when the moon was full, providing just enough light to guide my path. As I delved deeper into the forest, I couldn't shake the feeling that unfriendly eyes were watching me. Lured by the thrill, I pushed onwards determined to uncover the truth. I stumbled upon the remains of an old stone temple blanketed in moss and vines. My heart quickened. Could this place be linked to the disappearances somehow? Moving closer, I scraped away the plant growth and uncovered strange symbols carved into the weathered rock. They seemed ancient yet gave off an energy that made my spine tingle. Pressing onward, I discovered a concealed opening in the crumbling temple walls. The darkness down below was thick and primordial. I flickered on my flashlight and carefully descended the stone steps into the shadows. Reaching the bottom, I found myself in a large chamber with high arched ceilings. 
Moonlight streamed in through cracks and cast an eerie glow about the place. Suddenly, my light caught a grotesque stone idol in the center of the chamber. It was some sort of creature with empty, soulless eyes that seemed to follow me as I approached. I shuddered at the malevolence I felt radiating from the stone figure. What unholy place had I uncovered? As I turned to leave, faint whispers seemed to echo from the idol, beckoning me to come closer. Against my fears, I slowly stepped forward until I could reach out and touch its grooved surface. That's when the whispers grew louder, gnawing at the edges of my mind, commanding me to stay. I tried to flee, but my limbs would not obey. The whispers rose to a deafening crescendo, drowning out my cries for help. A swirling black vortex appeared and enveloped me in its dark folds. Alien thoughts and visions flooded my mind. Horrible truths man was not meant to know. I screamed, but no one could hear me in that damned abyss. When I awoke, I was still in the chamber, lying before the idol. Had it all been a twisted nightmare? I stood and noticed my flashlight was missing. In its place lay strange ceremonial robes and an ancient leather-bound book. Hands trembling, I opened its yellowed pages. There were disturbing illustrations of arcane rituals with instructions in a language I did not recognize. As I flipped through, the inhuman whispers returned. I slammed the book shut, but the voices were now inside my head, compelling me to conduct the rituals and free their masters from the dark realm. In my gut, I knew performing such rites would unleash evil onto our world, but I was no longer in control. Night after night, I was drawn back to that accursed chamber beneath the temple. Cloaked in robes, I conducted the rituals described in the book, reciting the otherworldly chants as if in a trance. With each ritual, the idol seemed to grow stronger, feeding on my life essence. On the seventh night, as I chanted the final incantation, a piercing sound rang out from the stone figure, shaking the foundations of the temple. I fell to my knees, clutching my head in agony as the chamber filled with ominous black smoke. From within emerged hideous, amorphous shapes that I scarcely could fathom without going mad. The creatures surrounded me, pleased with their new vessel. I had been chosen to herald their awakening. As they melted into my body, I let out one final tortured scream before I was silenced, my humanity devoured. I had become a hollow vessel, a slave to ancient powers beyond comprehension. I remember little of what came next as I wandered those woods in a soulless daze. Only flashes, blood rituals, desiccated human remains, the terrified faces of hikers who ventured too close to my lair. Their pleas for mercy went unheard. Their flesh, bones and souls fed the insatiable hunger within me. It was only upon discovering the macabre warning totem surrounding my temple that I came back to my senses. Disoriented and afraid, I peered down at my blood-soaked robes, the crimson-stained dagger clutched in my hand. Dark magic coursed through my veins, but my will was my own once more. I knew then what must be done. If I could not banish the entities I had so foolishly unleashed, I could at least stop them from claiming more innocent souls. I descended into those lightless catacombs one final time, 
book in hand. There I conducted one last forbidden ritual to seal the gate between realms and destroy the conduits binding me to the elder horror that I will destroy from the inside out. cursed halls of abandonment. They call it the halls of abandonment, a vast complex of decaying mental institution buildings abandoned decades ago deep in the forest. As a lover of urban exploration, I had to see them for myself. I convinced my friend Mark to join me one night, thinking there was safety in numbers. Oh, how wrong I was. The imposing Victorian-style buildings rose ominously as we approached, warning us away. But filled with a thirst for adventure, we pressed on, finding a boarded-up entrance to pry open. Our flashlights cut through the pitch blackness within. Endless corridors stretched out before us with peeling paint, rusty beds and equipment covered in layers of dust. As we wandered the crumbling halls, I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. Though the place appeared empty, an unnerving energy permeated its very bones. Turning a corner, we stumbled upon the electroshock therapy room still fully equipped with vintage machines. Shivers went down my spine, imagining their cruel use on fragile minds. Moving on quickly, we located the operating theater, antiquated surgical tools scattered about. So many dark treatments and suffering these walls had seen. Venturing to an upper floor, we found the patient wings. Tiny rooms with metal frame beds contained artifacts from lives left behind. Photographs, clothing, diaries. One room drew me in. Scribbled madly on every surface were cryptic symbols and ravings. Mark tugged anxiously at my arm, but I couldn't look away. The unknown patient's pain was palpable, their mind unhinged. As we delved deeper, a strange vibration hummed through the complex, growing louder. I froze. Was the electricity somehow still on? Mark pulled at me to leave, but I was transfixed. Shadows seemed to swirl at the edges of my vision. The very atmosphere felt heavy, oppressive. We had to go. Now. I turned to flee, but Mark was gone. My calls echoed unanswered down the empty halls. Where had he gone? The vibration intensified, reverberating through my bones. It felt alive, sentient. My heart pounded. I had to find Mark. Blindly, I ran, disoriented. The corridors seemed to twist and change. Then faint whispers reached my ears, pleading, beckoning me. Against my will, I followed the voices through an iron door into the crematorium. High brick walls surrounded ominously large ovens. Heavy footsteps sounded behind me and the massive door slammed shut, enveloping me in darkness. I screamed for Mark, for anyone. A distant rumbling answered. The ovens, they were somehow activating on their own, preparing to incinerate me inside. I pounded on the door frantically, but it was bolted from the outside, 
searing heat built in the chamber as the ovens roared to life. Then the flames ignited, casting flickering shadows on the walls, smoke and ash choking the air. I couldn't breathe. The entities haunting this place were going to burn me alive. I huddled against the door, wheezing, tearing at it with bloodied fingers when suddenly it opened. I collapsed forward into Mark's arms. He had come back for me. He dragged me urgently through those nightmare halls back to the entrance and freedom. I broke down, nearly catatonic, as the cold night air washed over me. But when I turned to thank Mark, gratitude had transformed to unspeakable horror. Behind that familiar face lurked something ancient, powerful, and enraged. Its form shifted between human and amorphous shadow. In Mark's anguished eyes, I saw that the evil that dwelled here had claimed him, devouring his humanity to escape into the outside world. I ran and never looked back. But sometimes on quiet nights, I still hear the whispers calling to me. Though I've moved far away, the cursed halls of abandonment will never release their hold over my soul. Their shadowy residence filled me with fear and madness in those lightless halls, feelings that linger always, no matter how far I travel. That evil patiently waits to drag me back into the darkness forever.